Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Hey, it's Odie Strahan, and I'm having one of the most amazing days of my life. Hopefully you are too. Let's get this show started. What's going on? What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with Strahan. Guys, we are in for a treat today. Really excited about today's episode. Uh, this gentleman had a great high school career, both at Pleasant Grove and Sheldon High School. Uh, from there, he took that same success onto Long Beach State, where he had a phenomenal freshman year, where he was named a Conference Defensive Player of the Year, the only second freshman to ever do that. Um, since then, he has transferred to uh, USC, uh, where you know he's teaming up with a great team out there, including the the Mobley brothers, which is you know Evan Mobley, Isaiah Mobley, Evan being the number two player in the 2020 class, and just a, a load of talent over there. And just really excited to have him on the show to talk about his backstory and how he's got to where he's at today. Uh, Josh Morgan, you out there, brother? Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm fired up, doing really good, man. I, I, I appreciate you being on, on the pod, man. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, uh, you know, I got a lot of stuff I want to get into. So without further ado, let's get right into it, if you don't all mind. Right. Let's go. All right, man. So, hey, first and foremost, man, let's actually let's bring this all the way back. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, what sports did you play? Did you play any other sports outside, you know, outside of basketball? Yeah, honestly, when I was young, I was never, never really into basketball. I really didn't care for it. Just kind of did it because my parents made me. So I played, I did track and I did football. In football, I did that up until my freshman year. In track, I did that seventh and eighth grade. That was pretty much what I was focused on. Gotcha, man. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, when did you actually start playing basketball? What age? What? Ooh. I mean, I think my parents threw me in like them little elementary school leagues. I can't even, I don't even remember what age that was, but I never took it seriously until my freshman year. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. What would you say um, growing up, what was actually the sport that you love, you know, growing up? Football. I like football. Mm -hmm. And what position did you play in football? I was receiver. Man, that's a that's a nice target right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Were you were you were you pretty tall at a young age? Because obviously, you know, you're really tall now. But did, did you hit a growth spurt or were you really tall even when you were young? I was like consistently tall, like throughout every every age of my life. Gotcha, man. I got you. So let me ask you this. Uh, you know, so you played football, you know, you know, it didn't sound like you really took, uh, you know, the, the, you didn't have the love for basketball quite yet. When did you actually start playing AAU ball then? Um, I think that was either like the summer coming into my freshman year or my freshman year. I can't really remember which one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So for obviously, for the most part, you know, when it comes to like the standards of it is these days, that's kind of late, you know, because, you know, these kids, it seems like yeah. they start playing, they start playing AAU ball out the womb, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, let me ask you, uh, what teams did you, what, 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 which AAU teams did you play for? Um, to my senior year, it was all local teams. Uh, first one I played with was called Team Trail. And it was like a little, I think it was like kind of like a AAU team from Monterey Trails. And then, um, after that, I played with a team called Sacramento Cobras, and all those were, you know, local teams. And then my summer coming into my my senior year, before everyone transferred to Sheldon, I played with EBA Pharaohs. They was an Adidas team, and then I did one session with the EYBL team up in, um, I think it was, did that one uh, Texas 
Texas, Texas session for EYBL. And I just stay with EBA for the rest of the time. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. So and even though you got a, you know, a later start on it, you know, you definitely, you know, got, you know, got some good experience with some different teams out there. I, I heard this, you know, Sac Cobra is there. So, so you definitely gave some local love here to the, you know, the, the local organizations. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, uh, when it comes to playing on the circuit, how was that experience? Oh, it was great. You know, like you go the jump from playing like local teams to, Going on the circuit was it was huge, you know the the crowd, the the venues really like the invitationals you had. I think the biggest one for the local teams was like Reno versus like Vegas, and you go there and everyone's like you see top recruits everywhere. You know you see like I think I saw Evan Mobley and them when they were playing Compton Magic. Um, you know saw Jalen Green, all those type of people. So it was, it was it was a good shock, but it was also fun. Now, which circuits did you play on? You said EYBL and Adidas, both? Yeah, I did EYBL for one session and then just stuck with Adidas for the rest of it. How would you compare the, comp the competition between those two circuits? Um, both great. Um, I'd say EYBL is a little more. I think they only have like a set amount of teams, right? Like, like how many, like 30 or something, maybe less than that. Correct. So... They have like, it's a lot more tighter competition, whereas Adidas is more spread out. So you have like a variety of teams based on like which circuitry, like either silver, gold, all really depends. But I'd say Adidas has a, a lot more variety. Gotcha. Let, let me let me ask you this. When it comes to, you know, your experience with both, uh, which one do you think helped you uh, develop? The, uh, which one helped you when it comes to your development more when it comes to, you know, the competition you play that, that you faced? I'd say playing with EBA helped a little bit more. Um, obviously, I stuck with them for the for the entire, basically the entirety of my um, senior year. So uh, I'd say Adidas. What uh, name some players do you think gave you the, the I guess the biggest fits I guess or, or, or the best battles you know during that session? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I can't even remember too much of my high school career in the first place, but. Um, I'd say maybe it's hmm, actually a good question. I think we played, um, I forget his name. He went to, he played a, um, Oak Hill. Uh, he was a big dude. He was like seven, some things like 280 or something like that. That was on the EYBL circuit place like the New York, uh, I don't even remember their name, but he was he was a big dude, and that was definitely a shock for me coming from local. And then you go in there, you play like some five star, four star recruit, and I was like, that was it was interesting to say the least. I think I know who you're talking about. Did he play with Cole Anthony, the big guy? Is that you talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked like a he looked like a, a football player. <laughs> yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's a big guy, but he obviously has some skill set to him as well. No, I know exactly you're talking about. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. man. Well, that's good, man. Well, you know, I always like to ask that question because, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, when it comes to a lot of the past guests, um, you know, they got they get an opportunity to play both uh, EYBL, Adidas, UA. Uh, and really, you know, from an exposure standpoint has definitely, uh, you know, they've been able to benefit from it. You know, um, let me ask you this. When it comes to uh, from an exposure standpoint, uh, and we'll get into, you know, when, when you actually committed uh, initially to Long Beach State. But let me ask you this from an exposure standpoint. Uh, do you think uh, how important was it when it comes to you playing on the circuit? Oh, it was pretty huge, if you ask me, because, you know, all the a lot of college recruiting is centered around AAU, like 
they go to they have specific sessions where you can go there, look at the recruits basically all day for all the tournaments, all the players that they have. And so even if you're like an unknown person, you can go on a game versus someone that they're recruiting and then you play against them like, oh, who's that kid? You know, so it's like very important that you get to go there and get the exposure. You get to get seen. So I think it's it's vital in today's day and age. I, I would I would agree. I mean, it's I mean, some would even, uh, you know, would argue that to an extent, you know, uh, you know, it's actually more important than high school ball. And not to say that, you know, we're sitting here to, you know, say that AU is going to replace high school ball, but when it comes from a, an exposure standpoint, uh, you know, it's very critical. I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, that, that you mentioned that. Um, let's go ahead and hey, let, let's pivot and uh, let's discuss your, you know, your high school career. Uh, talk to me about Pleasant Grove. I know you were there, you know, your first three years. Talk to me about that transition, uh, you know, as a freshman to, to high school basketball. Um, so as I mentioned before, I never really cared much for basketball until like my freshman season, seventh and eighth grade. I tried out. I didn't even make the team. So that was like my first time playing like a school ball on like any like, you know, big, big stage. So I played, joined the team my freshman year. Um, definitely wasn't that good. You know, I was pretty good at shot blocking just because I was tall. Um, let's see, JV, it was my sophomore year. Um, you know, I still was kind of like raw. Honestly, all three years I was I was pretty raw. So I played J I played freshman JV and varsity like the normal track. I didn't get pulled up or anything like that. Um let's see my sophomore year I turned from six three to six seven. And then my junior year, started playing varsity, I turned from six seven to six nine, I think. Um and then you know I just I just felt like I needed to get a little bit more a developmental place. So I decided probably be in my best interest to transfer to Sheldon because they obviously have like a proven, they have a proven um, like track record when it comes to winning, when it comes to getting exposure. You know, Joey Rawlings and them did a great, great job with their program. So I decided to transfer there. And from there, I started growing into my body a little bit more. You know, I grew an inch, maybe 6'10". And then started developing a little bit more, get a little more polished to my game. And then we play the big tournaments. You know, we go to the Tarkini Classic. You know, you get you just get a lot of exposure there. And um, all that just really helped to me and my recruiting, me growing into my body and get a little bit more comfortable and just developing my skill set. Yeah, let's back up a little bit there. So so, so we're freshman year. You didn't, so you, I, I want to make sure I heard this correctly. So you didn't make your seventh and eighth grade team? Nope. So I tell you, since uh, I mean, I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, if you, since you went to PG, I'm assuming you were at Albiani. Am I wrong about that? Middle school? Correct. Correct. So so you didn't make your middle school teams. Uh, you get on the freshman team uh, and your, your plans are freshman. Like you said, they didn't move. They didn't move you up. Uh, but freshman year, though, uh, what type of success were you able to have considering that was really, you, you know, your, your first true year? Of, it seemed like real organized basketball. What type of success were you able to have freshman year? Thing. I, I can say more than basic success, really. Um, no, I did like what anyone my height was able to do. Like, I was still uncoordinated. I was lengthy, so I was pretty good at blocking shots. Um, you know, it was like uh, one of those stand underneath the baskets and throw it in the rim type of players back then. Um, so I say I had an average amount of success, even though I still wasn't that good. 
got you got you so let me ask you this uh when it comes to like from from year after year so from freshman to sophomore year and i guess we'll we'll stay with while you're at pg from sophomore mm-hmm. to junior year what aspects of your game do you feel like you improved on year after year because obviously it, it, you know uh your progression as a as a player by the way this is great to hear by the way because we had a gentleman by the name of philip richie that was on a couple episodes ago who ended up playing at uh, Oregon State and uh, overseas for 12 plus years and actually was uh, coaching with the Kings for the last uh, three seasons before this this, this current season. And mm-hmm. it's very similar to you when it comes to what I call, you know, being a late bloomer. Uh, and I think it's, it's important for, you know, the audience to hear, it's important for players to hear, you know, because, you know, a lot of people think it's the end of the world if you didn't start playing basketball at five, you know. Uh, right. You know, so um, this no, this is why you know it's good for them to hear. You have someone now, like I said, when we first started, that you know set the record uh, in the Big West Conference when it comes to you know being Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you know, set records at, at at the college and and really, first of all, didn't get didn't get bumped up as a freshman. Played freshman as a freshman. You know, JV as a sophomore. Uh, so uh, you know, it, it's good for them to hear that you know it, it that doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't have to. You don't have to start off immediately and being that rock star, you know, that superstar on the court. What do you feel, though, from just say, let's just say, I mean, it could, like from freshman to sophomore year, what do you think was your biggest development when it comes to about as a basketball player? I'd say progressively from year to year. So freshman, sophomore, junior, year, it was more about me growing into my body than more me like having like an increased skill set because I did, I had a trainer. I think this was like my junior junior year maybe um but until then it was basically like me I would go in the gym early you know work on my stuff but it was like me getting like a more progressive touch touch around the rim like me getting my jump shot not my jump shot my jump hook my jump hook you know the mic and drill getting layups down and then um my shot blocking was on this it was that was the only thing that was like consistent like throughout my entire career like my shot blocking was just pretty much good from the start but you know everything else I didn't I didn't start moving out to three-point shoot or anything like that um I just did you know jump hooks get more comfortable like handling catching the ball you know I think that's more important that uh, the kids focus on like the fundamentals because I wasn't like a flashy player like I didn't I knew it didn't make much sense for me to start trying to do some step back threes you know from my sophomore to junior year so I just did focus on my jump hooks um, post moves, yeah. touch around the basket, you know, and just probably trying to be physical, getting the rebounds and hustle plays, stuff like that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And obviously, to me, uh, you know, it's not about just, you know, scoring points and, you know, and, and being that flashy player, you, you know, uh, a successful team always has great role players, right? And everybody, and if you could actually be really good, uh, you know, there I say specialty player, but if you have a something you, you, you can specialize in or be really great at it, um, and, and you could impact the game, you're going to find yourself on the court. Um, and obviously being a shot blocker, that's, you know, one thing that, uh, you know, will definitely uh, could impact the game even without scoring the ball, you know, on the defensive side. And not even necessarily being a, a shot blocker because based, uh, you know, as many shots as you block, I mean, there's not really no stats on how many shots you alter, you know, and, and that's right. that, that, that impacts the game in itself. So, uh, let's go ahead and transition. Uh, be, before we talk about your transfer to Sheldon, your senior year, talk to me about your recruitment. So when did your actual recruitment start? When did you start getting some interest, some letters, you know, uh, you know, some schools reaching out to you? I would say it's probably my summer when I transferred to Sheldon. Um, I think the only recruitment I actually got from what I can remember, I wouldn't 
specifically quote me on this, but I can, I don't think any actual recruitment started happening until my summer going into my senior year. Everything else was just like, you know, everyone gets like those emails from like those random schools, you know, just trying to see like your interests or something like that. I had you on like a mail list, but all my interests that I like the coaches that called me, all that happened my summer going into my, my senior year. That's awesome, man. I got it. Got it. So I know you, you kind of, you, you know, m- mentioned it a little bit earlier when it comes to, you know, your reasoning to, you know, transferring Sheldon also with coach Joey and, you know, the exposure that, uh, you know, that, you know, that program that's kind of proven itself being a powerhouse out here in Northern California. Uh, but talk to me about that decision to transfer. I mean, uh, you know, your senior year, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of, let's be honest, a lot of kids wouldn't want to do that. Uh, being that they've been around the, you know, the same kids for, you know, for a bulk of their life. And, you know, senior year post, you know, being the big, you know, your big, you know, final hurrah when it comes to high school. Uh, talk to me about that decision to, to, to transfer to Sheldon your senior year. I, mean, I really had a choice, like, depending if I wanted to focus on staying comfortable or focus on taking a risk, so to speak, in order to get whatever you wanted. And I felt... I'm the one who actually brought it up to my parents. They didn't mention it to me. I was like, I wanted to transfer. You know, they'd sat me down, made sure that was a decision I wanted to make. And in my mind, it was really like, do I focus on staying with people who, let's be honest, in high school, you don't talk to half, had those people a year from after that. So do I focus on trying to stay with what was comfortable for me or taking a chance and trying to get to this next level? And that's what I chose. Like, I didn't really want to focus on being comfortable. I wanted to focus on, you know, getting to that next level. So basically I, I decided to transfer to Sheldon. And a lot of people was like, oh, you're, you're transferring for no reason, blah, blah, blah. It was actually crazy because oh, when I said it, a lot of people were like, why are you not even going to play there? Like, they're, they're good. You're not going to start. You're just going there for no reason. And I was like, all right, well, that's cool. You know, went there, you know, did what I had to do, got exactly what I wanted. So, I mean, I, I don't really think a decision like that, you can really factor in your emotions. You just have to focus on what your plan is. And my plan was I wanted to go there, get better, get seen, get a scholarship and get out. And that's what I did. Absolutely, man. I actually want to commend you on that. That's actually a very mature decision, the way you, your perspective, your, your mindset, your outlook on it. Uh, when it comes to, you know, because a lot of people do, you know, they do make decisions based off emotion, especially at, you know, at, at such a young age, you're still young right now, but definitely, you know, uh, you know, junior, senior year, they want to stay with their friends. Uh, you're right. I mean, I hate to say it, but after high school, you really don't keep in contact with too many people. Let's just be perfectly honest, you know, and what you what you made was a, a, essentially a long term decision that's just going to put that, that put you. Uh, well, it sounds like what you felt like was going to put you in the best possible position to get to where you want to get to, and uh, that's good, man. I mean, obviously, you didn't let uh, you didn't let what what the naysayers were saying, you know, the outside noise was saying when it comes to you know Sheldon, not you not getting playing time, what have you, because they they were a stack, you know, they they were a stack team, uh, mm-hmm. but 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 you obviously you bet on yourself, and obviously your belief in yourself was bigger than that, man. So I definitely want to commend you on that move, um, especially senior year. Let's talk about that team. Uh, that, that team was, you know, like I said, was loaded. Had the likes of obviously Marcus Bagley, 
Zay, uh, you know, Xavier, Xavier uh, Brown, you know, I always butcher his name, man. You can correct me if I, if I butcher it. Is it, is it, is it Kaido? Is it Kaido? Kaido? Yeah, Kaido. Yeah, okay. I always, I know his dad actually too, and I always butcher his name. His dad always, <laughs> anyways, uh, uh, Justin Nguyen, um, that team was just, you know, was loaded. Talk to me about the adjustment, um, obviously with those guys, not, not only just transitioning into a, a new school, uh, but you know, you know, transitioning into a team that obviously was was very, it was you know filled with talent already. Did you know? Um, did you have a relationship with some of those players? You know, prior uh, to help out with that, with that, with that, with that transition. Talk to me about that. Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. We'll get you right back to it. We just want to spend a few seconds to talk about Panda Commission. Panda Commission is a digital marketing agency that helps online businesses increase profits by designing high converting sales funnels. If you need more leads and sales for your business, you need to be intentional about telling stories that convert customers into buyers. From logo design and branding to sales funnel design and funnel optimization, Panda Commission is a one-stop shop for building your online empire. So go check it out at pandacommission.com and be sure to tell them that Strahan sent you. Yeah, I mean, I knew pretty much all of them. I wouldn't say like a, a close buddy buddy, but I knew them. Like I was talking to them before I made my, before I, um, you know, made my decision, obviously, just to get a feel for the school. Um, I think Kato, it was either Kato, Justin, or Brendan was probably the first people I talked to. And Brendan, he actually went to my middle school for like a year. So I always knew him. He was always cool. And um, so all those guys, I knew most of them coming in. And then Marcus came. I didn't even know Marcus was coming. It was just a complete shock to me. He just showed up in the gym one time. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even know who the dude was or nothing. He just showed up. His dad was there. I'm like, who is this? He's like, it's Marcus back. I'm like, oh, all right then. I was like, that's one more player, one more player on the team. Got you, man. Got you. Well, hey, talk to me about this. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Unfortunately, you know, your your senior season, which we'll get into, got cut a little short, you know, due to injury. But uh, there was a game that actually I was I was at personally, uh, the Rainier Beach game. Uh, you know, obviously top top team from uh, Washington that came down. Uh, you know, it's highly anticipated. They had Marjan. They had actually what Sean Kemp's son is crazy i don't you know if you remember seeing his dad play he might be a little too young but sean kemp obviously was a freak of nature that guy is uh, mm-hmm. one of the most athletic forwards in nba history but it's, right. it was crazy too because his, his son looks looked just like him had the same aneurysm unfortunately he didn't put up the same numbers as him that day but 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 definitely you could tell that was his son they had a you know young guard that actually that you guys did a great job on that struggled against you guys named uh, john hart he was a sophomore at that time when you guys played. But talk to me about that game. It's actually the first time I ever seen you play in person. Um, you know, there's a obviously I wanted to, you know, big powerhouse game. I, I wanted to make sure I was there. It seemed like all of Elk Grove, Sacramento was there. That thing was packed out, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Uh, that player of the game, hands down, and it's not because you're on this pod right now with me. Was was you? I mean, you you literally. I honestly feel like you altered every one of their shots that game. I mean, you were a difference maker. I was there with. Uh, uh, my good friend Lorenzo, who's now a coach at CO, and uh, and I mean, he was and I, that was his first time ever seeing you, and he was like, Man, you know, I came out to you know watch Marcus, but man, who is this kid? You know, talk to me about that game, man, because I know, uh, you know, I'm not alone. I mean, I wasn't the only person that uh, really, really saw you know your talents for the first time that game, but uh, talk to me about that game and the anticipation for it, and you know, how you thought that game went for you. 
Man, so coming into the game, that was like probably one of the first games I had like so much like hype around, you know, like everyone was talking about it. Every, I knew because I've been to a Sheldon game before and I knew like, oh, everyone and their mom from SAC is going to be at this game. And that's exactly what happened. We got we got shirts for it. You know, they have like a bunch of camera crews. I think the news even pulled it out. But um, yeah, there's so much hype around the game. And then, you know, we start and, um, you know, I'm just playing like how I normally play. I wasn't thinking of, oh, I got to make an impression because everyone's here. I'm focused on what I got to do, who's my assignment, help defense, all that stuff. And ended up doing pretty good. I think I, ooh, I think it was like, I couldn't remember my stats, but I had a double-double. I think I almost had a triple-double of blocks. I think I had like eight or nine. And um, let's see, what was that? What was that other question? It was like. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, I'll just say, uh, you know, what's, uh, you know, just what stood out about that game for you? Oh, um, what's it? Honestly, it was like the feel. Like, I don't think that was the first time I had like a, a game that like felt like that where everyone in the city is like focused on you and your team, like putting on for the city, you know? Because right near they came in, they was top ranked. I think we was like a little bit behind them, like 34, 32 or something like that. They was like 15. So just like a city, a game like that where you have like the city, like on your back, like hoping for you to win watching to see like you guys pulling out for the city. That was just, that was always going to be memorable for me. Yeah, it was a packed house. They were, uh, they, they wasted a lot of their energy throwing on a slam dunk contest show during warmups. I know you remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, doing every, every fancy dunk possible. I mean, man, some of those guys, they had some raw athletes though. I mean, I, I'm, we're not going to take anything away from them, uh, but they definitely weren't the better team that night. And uh, you know, like I said, you, uh, you had a great game, man. You had a great game. Uh, I, I think you're a player of the game. Uh, you know, you, you literally, uh, you to me, you flustered their offense, man. You, I mean, you, you shut down their top players, and uh, you know, obviously, you got off, you know, to a, a you know phenomenal start, and you definitely put on for the city. You know that that uh, you know definitely, I think, set the tone, you know, for the season when it comes to you know what you guys were going to be able to do, and what you know from a national standpoint you know, what type of caliber team you guys were, uh, you know, unfortunately, as you know, which most people know, uh, you know, your, your season did get cut short uh, due to injury. Talk to me about the injury. Uh, you know, when did that take place? And, you know, how many games exactly did you get to play your senior year? So basically what happened was we went up to LA playing some Memorial game or something like that. And I think it played some teams from LA. I said, I was going to set a screen the defender like ran into me at an angle and I dislocated my knee. And this was literally the game right before we started regular season. So I played summer preseason and then didn't get to play any regular season, any postseason. And it was just, that was basically my senior year. Yeah. I mean, that's unfortunately, you know, it's part I hate about sports, but you know, it's injuries are part, part, part of the game. And, uh, you know, I remember when I when I first heard that news, I didn't know, you know, the magnitude of it. You know, I was definitely obviously hoping that you, you know, you'd only miss, you know, a handful of games, uh, you know, a handful of games. But uh, the talk to me about, you know, about that, you know, when you find out you're out for the season, uh, you know, your senior season and you, you're off to, a, a, you know, an awesome start. You know, you're off to an awesome start. You, you obviously you know, against top competition. You, you, you pretty much got everything that you were looking for when it comes to, you know, playing at Sheldon. 
talk to me about it from a you know from a mindset standpoint mindset standpoint from a you know mental standpoint uh, how are you able to you know push through and stay positive during that time it was tough um obviously the first couple maybe it was the first month i was being really able to walk without crutches and i never had this was the first big injury i ever had in my life so this was like weird for me not being able to bend my leg having to sit in like this kind of brace having to walk around in crutches and you know being being a kid not even being a kid being a player like the first thing on your mind is like when can i when can i do this when can i do that and you always try and you don't want to wait for like the doctor's recommendations. Like, oh, you sh- you shouldn't try and walk on it without crutches for this long. Like, you're like, oh, maybe I maybe maybe it was wrong. Maybe I can try it. And my parents had to basically put put the brakes on me a lot because I was doing I was doing a lot. Like, I was trying to walk on it, bend it, and I was trying to jump, run, do all this stuff. Because you know, at that age, you're anxious. You know, you want to get out there and play. You're not really thinking of the consequence that it can have later. You're thinking about like what you what you want to do right now. Absolutely. But um, luckily, at that point, I, I was already committed. So that was the only that was the only thing that kept me from being like a lot more anxious. Because like at that point, I was I had my um, my collegiate career set. So I took yeah. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of a um, you know comfort in knowing that at least I didn't have to worry about what happened next year. It was just all about now. And probably the worst thing was like everyone at the school talking about, oh, you playing this game, you playing this game, when are you coming back? You know, I was trying to give him an answer, like, oh, maybe I can come back for the last, maybe I come back for section, maybe I come back for state. And it just it just never happened. It was just, it's very, it was a tough time, but you know, now to just look forward, look forward to college. No, absolutely. You know, that's just, uh... You know, it, it's adversity, unfortunately, that, you know, everybody, one, one form or another, it's adversity that people have to, you know, you know, uh, fight through on their journey. And, and, you know, that's a good mindset in your case, which we'll get into when it comes to your commitment. At least you're fortunate and blessed, unlike many others who, you know, d- didn't have, didn't get an opportunity to, you know, further their their career. In, in your case, you had already sealed that, you know, and you 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 already had an opportunity. You knew you were going to play college ball, so that, that definitely was definitely some uh, you know saving grace there. Let me ask you this: I know it was short lived, but what were some of your you know highlights while you were at Sheldon when it comes to basketball? Definitely the Rainier Beach game. That was probably one of my favorite games that I played. Um, definitely like traveling with the team, with the Tarkanian or the Toy Pines, Gridley. That was fun. So all those preseason tournaments, traveling with the team. You know, playing all that elite competition, all that was just that was just great for me. So I think traveling, playing the Rainier Beach game, playing all those other big ranked games were just the best part for me. Got it, man. And then let me ask you this: What were some of your biggest takeaways from your experience that senior year uh, that you think helped you become a, a better player? Um, honestly, the biggest takeaway was like my I realized that I had a lot more potential than I originally thought I had. Like I, I realized, you know, talking with, you know, with more people, more coaches, you know, also watching a lot of film, watching myself play, that there was stuff that I didn't know that I could do, that I was just like naturally good at, or there was stuff that I, I didn't know I could do, but like I knew if I just put a little bit of work, I can do that and elevate my level this much. So honestly, like the biggest takeaway was really just me seeing what I could become in the future 
instead of focusing on like what I am now, I just realized I could be like great if I just put in this much work. Absolutely, man. And, that, and that's great because sometimes, you know, uh, you know, a lot of other people see the potential in us. Uh, you know, we don't see it ourselves, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that's great that that opportunity that Sheldon, you know, you know, opened that view for you. And you were able to really, you know, have a uh, stronger belief, you know, in yourself on what your, your 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 upside could be, you know, which really is really. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but it really is unlimited. You have unlimited potential, and and you've definitely obviously showed that uh, so far in, in your college career. So let's, let's actually talk about that uh, commitment to Long Beach State. Uh, before you committed to Long Beach State, what you know, what other schools were. Uh, you know, recruiting you, you know, other programs were really heavy on you when it comes to aggressively, you know, uh, recruiting you during that time. Um, so I was talking to, me personally, at least I was talking to like Chico State, Cal State East Bay. And then, um, so it was like D2s and I think there was one more, I can't remember who it was. I think it was William Jessup. I was talking to them too. And then basically I didn't, I didn't even know like Long Beach was recruiting me until like my dad told me like the day before, like, oh yeah, they're coming to watch you practice. I'm like, what? Like who's coming to watch me practice? And then they show up in the gym. I'm like, oh, like I I had no idea any of this was happening. I didn't even know that they was interested in me. And then they just show up one day, start talking to me. You know, they, they offer me a visit and I was like, oh dang, like this is just so random like literally out of nowhere. And that's pretty much just how I found out I was getting recruited by them. They just showed up one day. That's crazy, man. So here you are getting recruited by, you know, some D2s, William Jessup, NAIA, and all of a sudden Long Beach State just pops up and pulls up to a practice, huh? Yeah, I mean, I guess my dad was talking to me. He just just never wanted to tell me, I guess. (laughs) All right, man, that's cool. And then from there, uh, you know, committing to Long Beach State, was it a no-brainer at that point? Yeah, so I took my visit. Um, before I took my visit, I was talking to Coach Rollins and all that. And I took my visit up there. They showed me around. I loved it. Like, I I loved it. I, I just decided to commit there. I don't regret my decision even now because at the time, it was exactly what I wanted. So that was pretty much a no-brainer when I went up there for my visit. No, that's awesome, man. I mean, anytime you get an opportunity to play D1 basketball, Big West Conference, obviously a good conference, uh, you know, that's always a blessing. Uh, talk to me about the adjustment to D1 basketball in the Big West Conference and, and, and as well as, uh, you know, being away from home that freshman year. Oh, uh, the being away from home thing didn't really affect me that much. <laughs> uh, like, no. <laughs> like, my parents would tell you, like, it wasn't that big of an adjustment for me. Um, not because I didn't like being away from home. I'm just, no, no, it just didn't affect me as much as I really would have thought. Um you know, and then just adjusting to D1 basketball, you know, just putting on that. It was a lot about me putting on weight, getting my skill sets what it needed to be, um, your agility, all this stuff you need to focus on your body. And then, like, the biggest part for me was all the technicality that went into basketball. Like, to learn the plays, but when you learn the plays, you can't just know, like, what you're supposed to do. You have to realize what everyone else is doing so you can make reads. You know, like, you have to set screens this way. You have to set... So he can go over, he can go under. Like, it was just a lot of stuff like positioning for defense. It's it just a lot of stuff that I hadn't even known about that just got thrown into me. It's like focus on like, you need to do this. So you could be an elite player, like for the team, for like the next level, not just, you're not in high school anymore, basically. 
Gotcha, man. Let me ask you this from a, a competition standpoint. Uh, was it what you were expecting from a, you know, D one basketball? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. Um, it was obviously a little bit, the preseason for sure was the best because we played a lot of, a lot of big schools that we played. UCLA was our first game. We played three Pac-12 schools. No, we played four. It was UCLA, Arizona, um, Stanford, and USC. And then we also played like Wake Forest. Um, I forget who else we played, but it was a lot of big schools from big conferences. And then you go into Big West. And it was like where all these big schools were like. So now, like, no offense to the no offense to the conference or anything, but like, you go from that to this, and I like, okay, I, I think I'm ready for this. So it was a good, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I didn't think it, it didn't it didn't take me as long as I thought it would to get adjusted, but you know, I, I was pretty grateful about that. But it was just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you got it, man. Talk to me about campus life, juggling life as a scholar athlete, you know, with travel, obligations you have, you know, when it comes to workouts with the team. I, you know, one thing I always speak of is I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, being a just a college athlete in itself is a full-time job, let alone obviously juggling, you know, the academic side. So how is that for you when it comes to, you know, being disciplined with your time and, you know, you know how you manage everything? So um, basically my day consisted of, me waking up, going to school. Well, grabbing, I went, I woke up, grabbed my snack in the morning or breakfast, whichever one was more convenient. Went to class, um, went straight from class to the dining hall to get food. Went from the dining hall to the training room to get, you know, stretched out, tape on my ankles. Then going to practice from practice, had study hall study hall you got your little free time and then there's obviously those occasional occasional time slips where you can go back to your go back to your dorm take like a 30 minute break or something like that but um yeah i was pretty much on a schedule i did school basketball i hung out in the common room a little bit but i wasn't much of a i wasn't as much of a social person as as like your your college experience for basketball you're gonna have a lot of time like you don't have as much free time as everyone else where everyone can take like go to class take a two-hour nap and then go to class again like no it didn't work like that you have school practice then you have to do your school work study hall and then you have free time if you're done with all that stuff then you have to think about the next day to make sure your body's right for the next day so what time you want to sleep you can't be up till three o'clock in the morning every day so um yeah so i didn't go to i went to maybe like three parties the entire year and, and those was basically my teammates dragging me out because I didn't even I'm not a party person so they basically like forced me to go and so I was pretty much just in the dorms hung out with a couple friends but I was really just locked in on basketball the entire year man that's this one right there uh, Long Beach Stadium goes to three parties in a year man <laughs> that's good stuff man well listen you had a you had a great freshman year you know you uh you started 29 games, averaged, you know, 8.6 rebounds, two and a half blocks a game. Uh, that all being said, uh, you know, and we'll get into, you know, some further accolades you got your freshman year. But that's, a, you know, eight points, six rebounds, two and a half blocks for a true freshman. Talk to me. Were you were you happy with your performance your freshman year? Yeah, yeah. I, 
I was great with it. Like I felt, you know, from the start to the finish, it was a lot of just the development mentally, physically, with skill set and all that. Like the first cup, the first half, it was really just all me figuring out what I can do at this level. And from there, it was just for me getting comfortable with what I can do and like developing it further. Cause I, I didn't, like the best example I can think of was my perimeter, not perimeter, like the mid-range jump shot that I started getting consistent with didn't start until like halfway through the regular season. And that was just cause Coach would tell me, yeah, shoot it, shoot it. But in my mind, it wasn't a good shot for me. I worked on it at night and then, you know, started shooting it, started knocking it down, started feeling good. So, you know, just the whole season, you just develop more and more and more to the point where, like, you got your offense where you need to be, you got your defense where you need to be, you know, your strength, your consistency, all that. And it's just a, just a whole year of developing further and further. Yeah, you could definitely obviously see it in your game as well and the numbers you were able to put up uh, that, you know, as the season progressed, you know, the stronger and stronger you got. Uh, so you were only the second freshman in Big West history to be named Defensive Player of the Year, which is crazy um, as a freshman. Uh, when it comes to, you know, that personal achievement, you know, what did that what did that mean to you? How did that make you feel? Honestly, I didn't – it didn't come as, like, as much of a surprise to me. Like, not trying to sound cocky or anything like that, but <laughs> okay. I kind of knew – I kind of knew, like, I had a good chance of getting it just because of, like, what – like I was doing, like I had the two and a half blocks, which was like top like 15 in the nation at the time. And I was like, okay, so I probably will get it, you know? So it didn't come as like a big shock to me. And I've always been like a humble person. So I didn't, like I was like, oh, I got, you know, a defensive player of the year, huh? Like I was, I didn't do any of that. I was like, okay, cool. Like I got this, that's what's up really. It didn't come as like a big shock. It was just like, that's how I played my game. Some a group of people acknowledged it, decided to give me an award, and that was pretty much it. Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but we'll get right back to it. Just want to know, are you looking for a barber? If so, come check out Jeremy McGuire, also known as Cuts by Mags, at Puzzles Barbershop, located at 2124 El Camino Avenue in the Sacramento area. Puzzles is a barbershop with great vibes and great barbers. Our goal at Puzzles is to make sure you leave sharper than you walked in. Cuts by Mags is an upcoming barber who is passionate and dedicated to making your cut experience better, cleaner, and long-lasting. He can do it all from razor lineups, tapers, fades, and so much more more make sure to check them out on instagram at cuts by mags or text them at 916-505-2401 again that's 916-505-2401 feel free to reach out he'll be happy to answer your questions he is currently by appointment only but has a flexible schedule mention straight talk with straight hand and receive ten dollars off any service looking forward to seeing some new faces and make sure to give him a follow on instagram at cuts by mag that's c-u-t-z-b-y-m-a-g-z No, that's no, that's awesome, man. No, I I get it. I mean, obviously, you put up, you know, you put up numbers like that. You set school records, and you actually finished thirteenth nationally in blocks. Uh, you definitely are always gonna give yourself, uh, you know, a good a good opportunity for running for a defensive player of the year. So, but definitely, congrats on that. You know, like I said, only only second freshman in Big West history to accomplish that. You know, you had eighty blocks for the season, which is a, a Long Beach State record. Uh, so when it comes to, you know, shot blocking, it seems like that's one thing that you've always, uh, you know, had a niche for, you know, has always been a, kind of a specialty of yours. 
talk to me about, you know, what do you feel is a key to your success as a shot blocker? Um, it feels natural to me. So I know if I would be the best person to say exactly how it, like how to break down the duel. But I feel the most important thing is timing and like your coordination with like hand-eye coordination. So basically it's like, if you see, like you can see the guy going down the lane, you have to time when you're gonna run over there, when you're gonna jump and like, you have to see where the ball and have to anticipate where it's going. So you can make sure you get a hand on it or at least change his angle a little bit. Most important thing is not fouling the dude. So don't touch, don't touch the dude, only focus on the ball. Um, but yeah, honestly, it just came to me pretty naturally. Um, I never had to, never had to work on it specifically. Um, it's just something I always had. It just developed as I got older, more comfortable with my body. Now you got it, man. Let me ask you this: uh, freshman year, who do you think, if you had to narrow it down to one, who was the toughest player you faced your freshman year? Mm-hmm. Let's see. Toughest player. I'd say it was probably Big O when we played USC. It was, um, he he's just a lot stronger than I was at the time. And he had like the same shot blocking ability I had. So the first play, I went up for, like, a, I went up for a dunk and he blocked it. And I was like, dang. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> at point, I was like, all right, I see how this is going to go. Hey. And then um, we were playing like a zone and I didn't expect, like I did a lot of stuff that he's, I didn't expect him to do. Like I would go up, like most people, he got the ball on like the free throw line and I went up and I, I didn't, I wasn't in a position because I expected he probably was going to stand there like most bigs did. He ripped it, drove and dunked and I was like, all right, I was like, all right, man. So this is just, this is the kind of game it's going to be. And so, like, from then on, I started playing a little bit harder, but he just kind of got the best of me most of the game. And they ended up winning. And I think he had, like, 20-something. He was, he was doing good that game. So, yeah, he's probably probably the hardest person I played that year. Well, there's a reason why he's going to be a lottery pick coming up, you know. And obviously, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's, he had a you know phenomenal freshman year, uh, you know, at USC. And, uh, you know, obviously before that, before that you know, obviously he had a great uh, – High school career at Chino Hills, so uh, not not a not a bad person to you know to get roughed up by, right? A future uh, lottery pick there. Let me ask you this: uh, freshman year ends. I mean, you you had a great season. Uh, to me, you know, uh, pretty much as good as you could expect. I mean, I mean, definitely good. You know, definitely you know great numbers. You got the got the defensive player of the year award. Uh, you know, you, you made a true impact. You know, as a freshman. Uh, talk to me about the decision to enter the transfer portal and, you know, in the process of, you know, finding your, your next stop. Um, so basically I knew well before the season that I was going to transfer. Um, I won't go too depth into the reason of why I felt like I had to, but um, I decided that that was just the best option for me. I talked to my parents about it. And then uh, I think maybe a week or two after the season ended, I told my coaches, I got to, had to talk with them. It was kind of last minute because, because COVID, because COVID thing was making everyone like my parents. So what happened was 
I was initially planning to wait like a little while to let everything settle down. And then I would talk to them about it. But what happened was, you know, the COVID stuff, everything's getting shut down. And my parents like, okay, we're going to come get you, pack all your stuff. So I always kind of rushed at that point. I'm like, okay, do I leave and then call my coaches and tell them something like that? Like, to me, that's just disrespectful. So I said, okay, I kind of have to just tell them now, basically. Like, I literally got like a date notice. Like, they said, we're coming to get you tomorrow. So if you're going to tell them, tell them today. So that's basically what happened. Um, ended up telling them like a week after the season ended. And then uh, got in the transfer portal. Not even, not even two hours later, I get a call. I didn't know who it was. I get a call, I pick it up. They said, hey, it's coach from UCLA. I'm like, what? <laughs> it was like two hours. I'm like, you already get a call from UCLA. I'm like, dang it's crazy it's like the whole day my phone's blowing up i look at my instagram see messages from like uh uop colorado state you know all these all these coaches texting me calling me i didn't have any of their numbers saved so like i just answered the call it's a new college it was just crazy so talk to me about this then when it comes to before you made your you know your decision uh you know what were some of the you know top schools uh, that you, that you were you know deciding between? Um, uh, I was pretty. I narrowed my list to schools on the west side and schools that I've been to before because I don't think it would be smart of me to make a decision because I I wasn't able to make any visits because of COVID, so all that. They couldn't come to me. I couldn't come to them. I didn't feel comfortable like going to the school down south or in the east or anything like that. So my like top schools, UCLA, not UCLA. It was USC, obviously. Um, San Diego State, UCLA, Oregon, Arizona. Arizona State were like my top schools that I was considering before I chose USC. Man, so a lot of Pac-12 schools there. Uh, and obviously, uh, all, all great options. Ultimately, you know, why USC over to other schools? Um, I just felt it was a better fit for me, like what they were doing and what I wanted to do. Obviously, I had a good feel for like the way they played and like the environment because we played them before in, in preseason. And, you know, talking with Coach Enfield, about the program he runs, like the expectations in the next couple of years, the development standpoint, I just felt like that was the best decision for me to make. Plus it's in LA and LA has a lot of um, connections and opportunities that, that would be useful for me, not even for my basketball career now, but for a professional career later on. No, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, you know, on top of that, they're just one of the, one of the, you know, finest schools out there. So that, that's right. a that's a blessing in itself, being able to go to uh, USC. So um, talk to me about the Mobley brothers. You know, what do you think about their game and how do you, how do you, you know, see your game fitting in with them? I don't know the current predicament when it comes to your situation, when it comes to you being eligible to play immediately. But, you know, if you have to sit out a year, and as we all know, there's a good chance that you won't get a chance to play with Evan because he's most likely going to be, a you know, a one and done. But what's your thoughts on what's your thoughts on on, on their game and you know, how do you see your game fitting in with them? Oh, I mean, they're they're great. Like they they obviously earned their they were five stars in high school, all Americans. 
Like they 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 earned it all. Like Evan, he's obviously taller. He's more athletic than Isaiah. He does stuff like he gets the ball. He's probably gonna dunk it. Like you have three people around it. He's probably gonna go up and still dunk it. Like he just does a bunch of like stuff you just wouldn't expect. His vertical is crazy, super lengthy and super agile. Runs the floor well. He has great decision-making skills. He can knock down a shot. You got Isaiah, who's more polished in his offensive game, if you ask me. He has great post moves. Like he'll back you down, back you down. He a couple fakes. He do either do it away, like move you out the way, do a jump hook. Now they both have great defense. Isaiah, you know, he passed him on the three-point line. He could take like one dribble, you know, cross from the legs and pull up if you wanted to. Like they're both just great players. You know, they're going to be huge coming in. Um, for this season, for sure. Um, me personally, I think I was going to take this year just to get stronger anyway. So that was my goal. Even when I knew I was transferring, I was going to take the year. So I probably won't play with them. But um, yeah, they're just great players. Fantastic, really. Gotcha, man. Absolutely. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, uh, one last question for you before we get into some uh, fun Q&A I like to end all my episodes with. Uh, you know, what are what are your main goals that you have, you know, specific goals, that is. I don't want it to be, too, you know, too too general, but what are your what are your specific goals that you have, you know, for yourself uh, when it comes to your time, you know, at USC? Um, you mean like as a development or like what you mean? Just your overall goals. I mean, when it comes to, you know, do you have, when it comes, let's just say, uh, you know, making – you know, all first team, second team, putting, you know, putting yourself in a position, you know, to get, you know, drafted, you know, you know, some people have goals that when they transfer, I mean, I know you gotta be careful what we're saying, cause you're still in college right now of, you know, you know, getting out in two, three years, or do you plan on, you know, is this, is this a long-term for you when it comes to really finishing out your last three years at SC? I'm not putting any timeline on my development. I'm just going to, you know, roll with it, how it goes. And then hopefully you get to the point where I can put my name in the draft and get it called. Um, as far as personal achievements, I want to be a personal goal for me specifically was when I, when I thought about was being Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And I feel like I have a very good chance of doing that. Um, you know, when I, when I step on the court a year from now, um, that's the only goal personally I had. Obviously, development standpoint, I just want to put on some weight, um, get my offensive skill set polished, and then you know, go out there and kill it. Absolutely, man. Well, listen, Josh, let's go ahead and end with some fun Q&A. I always end all my episodes with uh, nothing too deep. Just, you know, I'm going to ask you some, you know, kind of random questions. Just just answer the first thing that pops to your head, okay? So, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, what's, what's your go-to move? Go-to jump hook jump hook who's currently your favorite nba player and who's your favorite nba player of all time Giannis and Giannis. really Giannis yeah. and Giannis. Mm-hmm. okay all right all right where's he going to next year or anywhere? hopefully the warriors okay all right uh ai or steph steph Ooh, that's the first Steph i got so far i'm, M- I'm a warriors fan i gotta stick with him okay that's good uh, hey loyalty is good mj or lbj I know you're a little younger. LeBron. (laughs) Okay. Uh, On the way to the workout, to practice, to the gym, whatever it may be, what's playing in your Beats, AirPods? What do you have on repeat right now? Probably got some throwbacks on. You know, probably play a little little Neo, maybe go a little bit further, put some Temptations on. 
my coaches, my teammates, they all know I'm like that throwback guy who's be listening to some old head music. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, it, it, it. Who, who, which player does your game resemble the most? Uh, right it? now, I'd probably say like Hassan Whiteside. Man, that, yeah, that's not a bad one. I wish the Kings would have kept him, kept him here locally. Uh, who's the toughest player you've personally faced? Doesn't matter at what level. Uh, I think it I could be it, like it could be summer league game. It could be whatever. It was big O still. Is it still big yeah. O? Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You look. You looking forward to playing against uh, your old teammate uh, Marcus Bagley? If he's still there next year, yes, I am. <laughs> I like that. All right, last one, last one, young fella. And I, you know, we're gonna wrap this up, man. Number one advice you have for aspiring athletes? Uh, number one advice I would give is not focus on like time. You know, like if everything is gonna happen when it happens, you don't need to put a time on of like what other people's expectations of what your game should be. You know, me obviously I didn't get jumped up at all through high school, didn't even make my seventh or eighth grade team. You know, like people don't expect you to do this. They don't expect you to do that. It's really all about what you're going to do. Focus on yourself. You know, make sure you develop and keep positive. You know, really like hustle every practice, give it your all, and then you're going to get to where you need to be. Absolutely, man. That's great advice. Um, I definitely appreciate you being on the pod. I think your story is, uh, you know, an amazing story, man. You got someone... And I thought it was amazing before we got on the podcast. Obviously, I learned some stuff at the same time as the rest of the world did here uh, when it comes to your story. The fact that, he, you know, here, here's a young man that didn't really love the game of basketball until <laughs> later on, didn't even make his middle school teams, even as a freshman, sounds like very raw, you know, at Pleasant Grove and, you know, going through the developments, going into the summer of his senior year, really, you know, light, you know, light, light recruitment, uh, you know, D2 NAIA then all of a sudden gets an opportunity, you know, but with Long Beach State, maximizes that opportunity after going through, obviously, a disappointing, uh, somewhat disappointing senior year when you, not when you're on the court, when you're on the court, you, you know, you obviously did great things, but, you know, when, you know, disappointed with, with how short that season was um, to, you know, still fighting that adversity, having a, you know, a, you know, a record setting freshman year at Long Beach State and then putting yourself based off your performance on the court uh, to have an opportunity to play a, a Pac-12 school one of the top programs and also, you know, possibly one of the, you know, an opportunity to play with, you know, two of the top big men in the country and do something special. And you definitely, you know, you know, the future's looking bright for you. You're definitely, uh, you know, putting yourself in a, in a great position to be an NBA basketball player, man, uh, and just a professional, you know, on and off the court. So uh, it's just a very inspiring story, uh, you know, and that's the reason why, you know, I definitely reached out to have you on the pod, man. But uh, Josh, I, you know, I definitely want to thank you for your time and being on the podcast today, bro. Thank you for having me. You got it. Hey, for the rest of you guys out there, continue having a blessed day. Thank you for, for joining me for another Straight Talk with Strahan. God bless. Thanks for tuning in to another Straight Talk with Strahan podcast. If you haven't done so already, click the subscribe button and we will catch you on the next episode.